you know, there, there was this one time um, I was kind of up in northern New York, and um, there's this there's this one waterfall that you have to go to the end, to this dead end road, and then go out kind of in the woods, and it's it's a tiny path, it's like a herd path almost, and I'm going down, and I've got this tiny little Honda Civic, and I'm driving down this really really crappy dirt road, and it's the ruts are huge. Get down to the end, and there's a brand new sob sitting there at the end of the road. I'm like, okay, oh, this is kind of weird. It's like desolate, very desolate. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's this dude doing out here? So, so I get out of my car and I start walking down this path, and this dude in a suit actually walks out of the woods. Like, it, like I don't know if he was like a hitman or what, <laughs> uh, but it was it's just a very, very just it was. It was re- weird, you know, to start with. So to start my my day off walking in the woods, modern woods in the early morning, I've got this random dude walking out of the woods in a suit. Just strange. The bushwhacks were some of uh, the worst days I've ever had in the mountains, or life, really. And I tell people all the time, never underestimate the Catskills. You can't underestimate them. Why the Catskills is such a great place for trout. It was really the development of New York State. Catskills are responsible. Now you're listening to Inside the Line, the Catskills. Should, should we hold off on the, the stuff that's happening in Ohio right now? <laughs> well, um, you know what? I haven't been looking at that. That's that's pretty crazy. I don't. Yeah. I haven't been. You gotta. You gotta enlighten me. The UFO thing or something like that? No, 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 not. So in Ohio, uh, Palestine, Ohio, there there's a a whole town that's been completely evacuated because a train derailed and chemicals are leaching from it, and they've burnt. They've been burning it off for the last week. And some of these chemicals were used as biological weapons in World War One. Um, <clears throat> the crazy thing is, is it's leaching into the ground. It's, it's hitting their water systems now. And because they're burning it off, there are animals dying up to 10 miles away. Yeah. The breath. Yeah. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> I'll have to look more into that. Yeah. But yeah. Check, we'll, we'll, check hold, we'll hold that out. That's a little, that's a little. Extreme. craziness yeah. Yeah. but oh, yeah. i mean uh one thing that, that's still craziness is uh the weather recently it is you know can you remember being a kid uh ever having weather like this in mid-february no um growing up in western new york um i had snow drifts that we would still be digging into and you know i mean they'd be you know 10 foot high so we could make some really really great snowboards and things like that so this is very, very weird. Yeah. I, you know, I washed the car today in shorts and a t-shirt and I was just like, <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm just like, I do not ever remember in my lifetime being able to do this in February, mid-February. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I, I, you know, I, I remember there being uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, uh, it's not quite an Indian summer, but you get a reprieve, a, a little bit of a reprieve, but nothing like this. Like it's not weeks of just, Warm weather. 
for 40 degrees and 50 degrees and then back maybe down to like 20 and then back up to like we're supposed to i mean we're recording right now it's wednesday but we're we're supposed yeah. to get in the 60s in the next two days i was like wow we hit 60 today oh wow yeah yeah you're so, over in troy right uh up uh, uh closer to schenectady uh clifton park area yeah but yeah okay. albany area so it's uh it's really weird i've got the flowers blooming are close to blooming right now Oh wow! What flowers yeah. are those? I I have some. Um, uh, what do they call those crocuses? Um, oh, wow! Yeah, yeah so th those come up fairly early anyway. But I mean, this is very early for them. Yeah, Jesus, that's so odd, man. I can't. It's just you know, a couple of years ago, I went hiking with my my friend Ralph uh, Rindeck. We did uh, a Shokin High Point down in the Catskills, and it was one of those days like this. But that was like you know like. Four, five years ago. Okay. But yep. still five years ago. And then comparing that to our childhood when I'm like, February was snow, uh, December was <laughs> snow, November was snow. Like, yeah. I don't remember this. I don't remember the last good Christmas that we had like a, a nice amount of snow on the ground to call it an actual white Christmas. You know, yeah, yeah. you get that dusting or whatever, but yeah, the last several Christmas I remember. Yeah. The grass has been great. It's been incredible. It's been incredible and uh, very odd. So I yeah. like. So, I mean, what do you think about on, on the the talk about climate change? Do you think it is it is real? Do you think uh, it, once again it's just a phase that we're going through with you know Mother Earth traveling around the sun closer to the sun or something like that? You know, I, th I think it uh, personally. I think it's kind of a combination of both. Um, there's no doubt that we are contributing to the change in the weather patterns and the climate. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in nature, everything ebbs and flows. Uh, so you're, you're going to be able to point to that a little bit uh, with with what's happening. But uh, it, it's been a bit too extreme to just account for everything being just the ebb and flow of normal, normal natural events. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good... Yeah. It's a good, I would say theory. Would you say it as a yeah. theory? Okay, good. It's it's fair, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee a lot of people that are just starting out in, in their winter stuff like that, you know, in the the Adirondacks and the Catskills are like, man, this is great. I don't have to deal with like four feet of snow, brick and trail, or you know, yep. like six. I mean, there's probably there's gonna be. I know. I I think we might be going hiking this Sunday. I know there's gonna be extreme uh, ice. There's gonna be ice everywhere. So. Jeez. crampons and stuff like that yep. i gotta make sure jessica has some good crampons i better yep. check that out. Uh, but yeah like the ice w would be inc insane and like like i said you know being back uh completing the 3500 in 2017 i think uh i don't remember um we dealt with with snow and ice and stuff like that and now like i don't know it's just it's just very odd to hear people like oh it's a beautiful 50 degree today to a yeah. day in mid-february and it's, it's actually funny today i got to thinking man if it stays warm much longer i'm actually going to have to open up the garden sooner than what i normally yeah. do yeah it's you know so imagine from that standpoint yeah the the thing is 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 it's so unpredictable and you're just like so if i open it up will we have another like two weeks or three weeks of maybe freeze and snow and that's going to ruin everything. Right. Or... And that's what to, uh, last year I did. I, I opened it up a little sooner than I normally would. And, you know, 
everything started coming up really nice. And then we had a really deep frost and, and you know, murdered half my plants. <laughs> See? Yeah. Yep. It's just, and it sucks. You know, it, we used to be able to uh, predict this stuff. Like, you know, like, yeah. oh, you know, come March, we'll get that last snowstorm and then we're good. Mm-hmm. Last snowstorm yeah. in March. And now it's just like, what do we do? But, yeah. Yeah. Jump on the farmer's almanac and yeah, you're all set, right? Yeah, right. That's the way it used to be. Yep. Oh, there yep. it is right here. Um, yep. I hate to start that off on a, on a like sort of bad note, but it's also like, you know, hopefully we get the word out about climate change and, you know, what people think and, and stuff yep. like that. Of course, everybody's got their own opinions on that stuff. Yep. Yeah. And it, it really comes down to, okay, you know, uh, you can think of it two, two ways too. You can, you can take a hard line. Okay. It's either climate change or it's not, or we can take it another direction to say, well, do you want, a better world or do you not so we don't have to really agree on climate change but we do agree that we want a, a better world for our kids right hell yes yeah. or our dogs <laughs> or dogs <laughs> yes <laughs> yes but i i agree with that that's the one thing what's wrong with with you know either somewhat you know say 50 percent believe in in climate change and making the world yeah. a better place why not yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't, I, 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 in no means does that mean we switch to electric cars and stuff like that. You know, freaking electric cars are dumb, as we all know for some reason. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like solar panels and stuff like that, you know, I really want to yep. get solar panels. It's just, you know, I have, I don't have the, the necessary, uh, like roof space for right. a good amount of solar panels for me to benefit. And I'm not going to do that. That's just dumb. Right, right. Same with me. I've got hundred year oak trees out front of my house. Am I gonna chop those down so I can, you know? I don't Hell think so. No. <laughs> yeah, we just, uh, speaking of that, my my neighbor just chopped down some pines in the back that have been mm-hmm. there for I think she said over sixty years, and it was it was kind of wow. depress depressing and stuff like that. But you know, at the same time, last year we had a massive, I don't know, like sixty foot branch fall off of that and land gratefully right in the middle of our 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 yard not hitting anything and that would have destroyed anything in its past but it just landed right in the middle there and she like looked over like she she called us one day and was like we're we're, i'm done with this i'm paying to get those (laughs) removed because they're on my property and they're going to cause some damage it's like but watching them cut it down was just it it sucks but now we can see a great sunset now it's great okay yeah look on the bright side right (laughs) Yeah, and then like, who who knows? Maybe later on, I'll go and sneak in the back and then plant some, some pines or something like there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, something like that. Maybe some like cedars or something. And someone said, when we leave, we're gonna have to deal with that. Yep. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, welcome to episode sixty-five of Inside the Line of Catskills. I have my good friend Edward Smathers here. Ed Smathers here from he's an author and he's also from uh an organization called dig the falls which i have been involved in since uh god i'm guessing like 2000 what did we say like 2008 2009 something like that yep yep yeah ed is uh an author of water he's an explorer of waterfalls author of waterfall books uh he runs dig the falls which is an amazing organization helps out the waterfalls in new york state which we all know kind of like on the the suffering side because you know people visit that they're easy to some are easy to get to and it's just it's a mess so uh ed welcome to the show buddy hey thanks a lot and i, I appreciate you uh inviting me on been 
uh, anxiously awaiting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, sorry it took so long, man. 60, yeah. 65 episodes in. I'm sorry. That's awesome. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been good. Like like I said, I, I, I celebrated this in the last end of the episode of last episode we hit twenty five thousand listens so i'm i'm, I'm pretty gosh. stoked about that dynamite yeah it, it's pretty crazy i didn't ever thought it would even near like 500 <laughs> <laughs> well you've been doing an awesome job so far man keep it up i've been having a good time and people listening have been giving good feedback so apparently i'm not doing anything wrong i don't think i've gotten some bad feedback yet but you know i'm, I'm waiting for that day oh i did have one back feedback and <laughs> I think I told you about that, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Yes, you did. Oh, that, yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. That was a good time. Maybe I'll reveal that sometime. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I have to. I have to. That was so uh, a, a short little uh, kind of preview or something like that, like yeah. teaser. It was a legal matter. That's what we're going to say. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to leave it as that. That's great. Okay, crazy perfect. that a person that, that just wants to have fun gets involved in a goddamn legal matter. It's just really yeah. sad. Yeah. But crazy. So thank you to the monthly supporters, Darren White, Vicky Ferrer, John Kamiski, Jim C., Michael Bongner, David Mead, Matt Smith, and Sharon Klein. Thank you very much for contributing to the show. Also, big thank you to Outdoor Chronicles Photography. Uh, for being the sponsor of the show. Molly is an excellent photographer. She specializes in adventure elopement and adventure couple photography. Ed is familiar with that as too. We're going to talk oh, about absolutely. that tonight. Yep. Um, she does it in the Catskills, Adirondack, White Mountains. Uh, and also, don't forget your pets, though. You can bring them up in the mountains and take beautiful pictures, sunset pictures that Molly does. Phenomenal stuff. She is also an officiant for getting married and a licensed guide. So don't uh, don't hesitate to get a hold of her on all platforms. Yeah, Molly, thanks a lot. Once again, it's re I really appreciate it. So get a hold of Molly. Check out her, her Facebook and her Instagram. She's got some awesome pictures. So no coffees. Uh, that's okay. I really don't care. Uh, I got some stuff. I do have a rum and coke here. Again, I like started drinking at like five because I'm just like, I know Ed's going to be a fun time. So <laughs> I've had like, I think this is my one second one. So I've had, uh, I'm actually drinking Amber Ale, a rare, rare boss. So. I think you're uh, you're familiar with the brewery. Uh, yes, I am. Hey, give me one oh, second. Okay. I just uh, knocked over this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Give me one sec. Yep, no problem. Man. Take your time. It's a tragedy. Tragedy. Oh yeah, I just knocked over my drink. Right. Oh, fantastic. Give me give me one sec. Right I'm gonna down. leave this on there. This is definitely genuine. This <laughs> pathetic. It like ripped all over my phone and my, my pants and stuff. Awesome. 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 Well, hopefully your phone's okay. Yeah, hopefully I'll get a new one. <laughs> Be extra sticky all over the place. <laughs> Perfect. No, not really. Feels like I got, I got a kid here. What a moron. <laughs> Ooh. So, yeah. So, sorry, Ed. What are you having again? Oh, Rare Boss. So, uh, Omegan, Brewery Omegan. Ooh, that's... Um, I haven't had... Yeah. It's right up my alley. In a while. Yeah, close by too, right? Yeah. Oh, um, good 20 minutes. Not even. Yeah. Jeez. It's, it's so... Must be nice. It's so crazy how big they have gotten. Like... Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of back in the days of when they had shows there, like, like local yeah. shows. And... Yep. Uh, and all of a sudden, like 
the these you know god who was it that uh that came up there was uh was it modest mouse i think you know i think you might be right yeah and it was just They've like a couple of really big ones yeah i'm like modest mouse is coming to only on or like well cooperstown like that's yeah. just uh that's absolutely insane <laughs> yeah I, I feel bad it's been uh geez at least two years since i've been to the brewery if not longer so you're familiar with that place oh yeah it's a beautiful brewery i mean the, the way they've got the old place like set up it's it's amazing oh yeah you're um, right you know and they're 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 growing hot uh they've been growing hops on the property for quite a long time yeah but i i think that the property itself was an old hop hop farm right yep yeah like you yeah. like you said the yep. uh the way they have it set up is old traditional stuff you know it's almost looks yeah. like a uh like an old budweiser place uh yes. just with the traditional yep. like stainless steel and all that stuff around there and they kept all yep. the old oh, i'm trying to think of like the old farming stuff like the entrance and stuff yeah and it's really it's really yep. neat you know i haven't like hey i live 20 minutes from there and i haven't even been there in a while so yeah i don't i don't feel so bad then <laughs> <laughs> um so eddie have you done any like previous hikes or outings lately yeah so as you know you know i've got i've got the kids so um twin boys they're five now uh and then a girl she's seven gonna be eight very soon so the last uh two or three years i've, I've been really focused on getting them out on the trail uh getting them uh you know kind of knowledgeable about you know, how to hike safely and trail etiquette things like that um so you know, recently, probably the most recent hikes, I've been to a couple of the local preserves, just small preserves, local to Saratoga County, um, Glenville area, just really easy hikes, but, uh, they're, they're amazing. Like you, you, you think like you have to go way far out of your way, you know, to, to really be able to explore, um, and get out. But these local hikes are amazing. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of people, like pass on the local heights because they don't have the views like the Catskills and the Adirondacks and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. you know, like I know, I know your kids and you, you try to also teach them how to connect with nature. Yeah. And Charlotte is definitely one that connects with nature. <laughs> yes, she does. Um, you know, she seems to be able to just, I, I don't know. She, she sees these things that are there that like, you know, the rest of the group doesn't say and um i think uh one, one of the last really good hikes we had she was just kind of sitting next to the creek and she, she was able to put her finger out and um a damselfly actually landed on her finger wow it's, it's incredible she's a she's a big snake person isn't she <laughs> yeah she is actually she she loves her snakes she loves her frogs um and it, it it's funny because uh, uh you you would think uh she be kind of like tomboyish but I, I she's also got a very girly side to her too so but yeah she loves her you know just getting into the water grabbing you know any frogs or any fish that she can get her hands on um this year she hasn't caught any or i should say this last season she didn't catch any very large snakes like she had before mm, you're right um <laughs> it's like uh well, like like three or four foot garter snakes Yes. Yeah. The, the, the really big garter snakes and, oh gosh, yeah. Her and Jackson are, are ridiculous with the snakes. I mean, they'll, they'll run out and they'll grab an Eastern milk snake out of the yard and pick it up and they'll hold it above their head. The tail will be touching the ground. 
It's insane. No fear so, at all. No, nothing. While nothing in their in running. their underpants too, as well. So don't forget about yeah. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, running out in their underwear backyard. <laughs> so Ed and I, uh, well, Ed and I and a couple of our, our Dig the Falls friends had a little get together up in Ithaca at Taconic Falls, and uh, we met Ed and, and finally got to meet his kids. Uh, we met Charlotte before, but we haven't met Jackson. And yep. uh, what was the other one? Connor. Axon yep. Jackson and Connor um oh, and yeah. charlotte and it was just i mean people know jessica and i not to have kids we just don't choose to have kids it's not like we don't like them so hmm. once again like i i have uh adhd and stuff like that and uh action jackson does as well so we kind of connected right away <laughs> oh yes yeah he he's crazy like you know there's no stopping him he just like and it, the funny thing is is like you would think from his like silent disposition like he's a he's a quieter kid um and he's such just a beautiful soul like just such a nice kid and but yes like you you can't keep him still he's like everywhere all at once it's incredible hence the name axon jackson (laughs) (laughs) i like that i'm gonna have to start calling him that i thought you did (laughs) no no i yeah that's new to me. I'll, I'll use it though. Okay, that, that's good. That, all that credit goes to Jessica. She's the one that said that. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So yeah, we had a great time up in Taconic Falls. You guys want to? Anybody wants to even like go northwest? I guess if you're in the Catskills, it would be northwest. Uh, yep. Anything in the Finger Lakes is absolutely stunning. Uh, we'll be talking about probably that area tonight with with uh, Ed about Dicta Falls, and we had a great time going to Taconic Falls. Nice flowing, little little low, but you know. I would say it's still pretty good. I think it's perfect, actually, because the kids got to get into the creek bed and, you know, kind of explore there. We got to see the bubbling up of uh, the gases out of the, the oh, shell, which was pretty cool. Crazy stuff. So, yeah, that was, that was pretty wild. So I think the, that the flow was perfect for the day. Yeah. And it was nice and warm and hot and it wasn't cold at night, too, when we camped. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. So kids kept kept me warm in their, in their sleeping bags which was fun so that's a good time <laughs> excellent <laughs> the only news i have for the catskills is uh still bring your your micro spikes i would say that's the biggest important snowshoes are kind of out of question right now micro spikes crampons uh katulas anything for traction i think i did hear about a uh sar rescue up on sugarloaf mountain from a friend so Kai was going up. He still had traction, but he he slipped and broke his ankle. So had to have a carry Ouch. out. So I don't know. Uh, once again, it could happen to anybody. But you know, still bring your traction. Uh, that guy probably got three quarters of the way up a mountain. I guarantee a person without traction wouldn't even get nearly a quarter of the way up a mountain. So nah, nah. Want to want to watch out for the uh, the shadow side of the mountain too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely, and that yeah. was that was the time he was climbing. Climbing, he was climbing the west side of Sugarloaf. So, but can happen to anyone. So, you know, bring your spikes in and prepare for uh, something possible to happen. Once again, like I ha- I carry so much crap on me that it it looks like I'm I'm walking the Appalachian Trail. You know, it's it could happen anytime. You could be that person that helps save that person's life. You know, if you have a splint or if you have, you know, a sleeping bag or just extra clothes, it's it's really, really 
not that bad to carry an extra three or four pounds maybe to save someone else's life so absolutely so yeah uh, once again volunteer ed we're going to talk about that tonight with dig the falls volunteer that's about it. So, Ed, uh, why don't we hopefully break it into some cats come out history like that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So, I have been fixated on the reservoirs uh, for the past probably like month and a half. I've been trying to get a hold okay. of people to talk about the the reservoirs. Um, unfortunately, one person turned me down. Uh, she actually wrote a book that was just released probably like two years ago. And she says, she said to me, anybody that's talking about, I don't want to talk about this book because uh, too many people have talked to me about it. I'm like, well, then you're popular and you probably want to talk about it more to get your book out more. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Huh. I'll send you that email, man. I thought it was, I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's good in, in a way but yeah it's free advertising popular i guess yeah yeah exactly it was like too popular i'm just like and, and then the funny thing is i was responded i'm like just to let you know um steven um oh god i forgot his name the one that didn't share my 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 podcast uh that i interviewed him uh, steven smith stephen m smith that wrote smith. the caskill history and and how it changed america he okay. was on my my thing uh, on the podcast and i'm just like that guy was a is a world-known journalist for um the times journal down in new york city and the new york's uh post yeah. and stuff like that i'm just like i guess i guess i'm just not that good enough so <laughs> but once again i've been fixated on the reservoir so this one is from um a place i found online called the catskill archive and uh and forgive yeah. i didn't usually i, I read this but beforehand so i can get a a gist of it but unfortunately yeah, that's cool. i haven't been given able to to read this because i was flying around today i actually like i said i washed my car today it's new, news to us both so that's uh that's cool yeah so one like sec it. now what what turned you on to the res reservoirs recently so you know that they're all um 99 of the reservoirs are were man-made like were generated you know they weren't there they they were made for the city of new york so i'm just like okay okay i'd like to see some stats about this why new york needs so many reservoirs and of course of course the distribution of water is very scarce going up the hudson and i was like well why yeah. can't they use hudson hudson is severely polluted <laughs> um I, <laughs> apparently there's a lot of salt in it and too much silt for it to be filtered too much interesting okay all right yeah so and this this is before the you know the the ge polluting of the the hudson right yep. right yeah yeah okay. definitely yeah, like 100 okay so far before that all right the the amazing thing is that the revs fours are so far away but that i think i think the water only gets filtered once and that's when it comes down into the brooklyn area so it comes through this catskill the aqueduct the catskill aqueduct which is okay. 92 miles long this is coming off of my memory this is how much i've read in the past freaking month 92 miles wow. long and it doesn't have any stations it has like two it has one station that's a croton station at the croton dam that transfers okay. it back yeah. down to to down to brooklyn and stuff like that but it only has one filter station and that's how good the water is up here wow Jeez. okay so yeah so this this was uh this 
I found in the Catskill archive. I'll post it on the notes, but I'm going to take a stab at this. So we'll see how this goes. So so this was uh, this is uh, called the Girl, World's Greatest Aqueduct, uh, written by Alfred Douglas Finn in 1909. So some of this is still is happening, and before this didn't start happening uh, in 1909. So this was probably uh, written before anything. Well, I wouldn't say anything started when it started. So so Catskill Mountain water gathered from brooks that have been fed by melting snows and rains have tumbled over rocky slopes into the streams and mountain valleys will in a few years be served to the inhabitants of New York City. The project ranks as the greatest municipal water supply enterprise ever undertaken and as an engineering work and is probably second only to the Panama Canal. The need of water is much greater than in realized the majority of citizens or by the guardians of their interests. Nothing can so quickly completely disorganize the complex activities of modern community as a shortage of suitable water. No single agency can rapidly spread disease and death as polluted water supply. For several years, New York has been using more water than its source of supply can safely depend on to furnish the series of dry years, such as occurred within the memory of men who has scarcely reached middle age. Continuing years of abundant rainfall have masked the danger of which engineers have repeatedly called attention. In 1905, as a result of movement promoted by civic bodies in the days of Mayors Van Wyck, Mayor Lowe, as a, a bill introduced into legislature on the initiative of Mayor McKellen, which, becoming a law, enabled the city to start new systems of water supply, that which already existing permanent works should ultimately give New York best and largest water supply ever known. As thousands of water-wise Americans know, New York City, which is old New York, used Croton River for more than two generations. Similarly, from the Ridgewood system of wells, streams, and reservoirs, Brooklyn has drawn its supply often scanty. Approximately 500 million gallons of water are consumed by the metropolis every day. A stream would flow, heap dip between the buildings in Fifth Avenue fashionable shopping districts at a comfortable walking pace. For every man, woman, and child, this allows a daily average of 125 gallons. Or, to put it still another way, for domestic manufacturing and public purposes, New York uses everyday water, which weighs about eight times as much as its population. Wow. Um, so, also, let's see. Once it, but, but in the next paragraph, it says that is actually moderate yeah. compared to a lot of the other cities of the day. Some of the other cities used yeah. up to 320 to the, gallons yeah. per person. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, this this wow. is just a little bit of what I have. I can't read like 200 paragraphs. This is a massive, like I, I didn't look into this, but once again, like <laughs> I've been reading about this and I'll, I'll, I'll to add on, once the reservoirs were built and the Catskill Aqueduct was made, the 92 mile free-flowing uh, drainage that was, it's just, if you want, look at the books and you look at the pictures, the flow of this is insane. Like it's all downhill, it's all gravity fed. So there's no pumps anywhere. The only place wow. that it's really not flowing downhill is when it goes below, below the Hudson River. It goes a thousand feet deep. <laughs> goes below the Hudson River and then back up, but it's still gravity fed. It's incredible. Can you, so, so can you imagine like uh, uh, in modern day right now, can you imagine a project like that? Like 
I don't know how long this project took to complete, but I can guarantee you that it took at least half as long, but not a quarter as long as it would have taken today. You know, I wish, to be honest, I wish I've I've written down their years and stuff like that, but I know it took at least, so it was started, you know, I know the last one was completed, which was Cannonsville, which was in the 1960s. So in Cannonsville, so it was first uh, the Ashokan, then it went to Schoharie, Roundout, Neversink, and then it was the Cannonsville and the Pacapicon. Yeah. and like like I said, all that time it was gravity fed, which is insane. Which which boggles my mind that there was no pumps anywhere. It was all flowing down, which is which which seems pretty smart because you know Catskills are up two thousand feet, and New York City is basically ground level, almost you know like maybe fifty yeah. to hundred feet. Yep, but yep. just just the thought of them doing that back in the early nineteen hundreds. Is just boggles my mind, and then to still keep it this day, right? That's incredible! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Still fully functional. Still like, yeah. They're they're only. I mean, it's only improving, but you know, you got to admit something that big of a masterpiece. Ninety-two miles of underground water supply that is still going, that is still nice and pure to 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 give to the people of New York City their water supply so you're welcome (laughs) other than that though the other thing that i I read about which i'm getting into well i'm I'm reading a new book right now but i got into is that the use of metering in the in the new york city so back early when they first started the reservoirs they didn't have any meters on houses or or buildings or anything so people could do whatever the hell they wanted with water and 125 gallons i mean i'm trying to think of I, i wonder how much i go through Per, per year i could probably see on my bill but that's you know and, and that's the thing like uh so so you gotta get gallon flush toilet right yeah or, or less gallon or less so and you're doing that one once a uh once a day say and then then you're using another, another gallon to clean your dishes brush your teeth everything like that so say top you're using three to four gallons a day like just personally like can these people had 125 gallons a piece. Yeah, a piece. That's what I'm. That's what I'm <laughs> and then, like I like I said, this was before metering. Metering, and people were against metering. Like, of course, they're like, "Hey, wow. we, don't, we don't want yeah. you to to charge us for this." Like, right. well, but you know what happens if there is a drought, and you guys, well, that's what that's what basically happened. There was several droughts within these periods of the reservoirs being built. That they were like, okay, now is the time to limit people to what they can use per day. Right. And there was, oh God, I remember. They went through phases in New York City. Um, God, it sounds like I know about this crap. But, you know, I just, <laughs> just read it. But they went through phases in New York City where they were going to mandate it. Then they put it off. And then they moved some. And then they put it off. And back and forth. And I guess a lot of companies that wanted to install them really wouldn't they would they would put up the bid they would win the bid and then all of a sudden they would be you know like ah this is a little risky people are going to kill us because you know right and then you'd have to install it you know god how many how many people live in in a freaking single building down in new york city even in the the 50s and 60s so 
yeah. you would have to install a meter on each apartment building so six seven hundred meters so the the timeline of these meters going in and to limit people was very very slow right. and i remember them saying at the time in like the 1960s when it was almost fully completed when it was kind of mandated there was like 600 thousand people without a meter maybe a 600,000 which is not wow. bad compared to like the 60s what I'm guessing that it was like the, the population was in the billions down there it was still in probably like 1.2 yeah, yeah, billions billion. or whatever yeah yeah but to have people million, yeah millions yeah yeah right and I yeah. guarantee I guess you know I also read like like I said I just finished reading this a lot of people a lot of the businesses had yeah. The meters but they they figured out a way to, how to to jip it and stuff like that like oh yeah well we only had a hundred gallons this day when they're a you know like a laundry station that uses <laughs> oh gosh whatever wow. yeah yeah but it, it just fascinates me this whole the whole reservoir the aqueduct everything all the reservoirs it's a fascinating topic hmm. yeah that's pretty good geez i would have never known all of that and it, it draws draws a question you know or just the thought process that prior to that reservoir being connected to the, you know, to the final uh, destination, you know, these people didn't have access to a lot of this water. Um, it's kind of human nature, like, Oh, well, we've got access to all these resources. Why not use them now? You yeah. know, instead of the thought process, well, we, we only need this much. So why are we going to use any more than what we need when before we didn't have barely any to begin with? Yeah. You know, it's, it, yeah, it's kind of a feast, feast or famine kind of mindset. It's interesting. Yeah, it's just, it, it baffles me the times, you know, when they didn't have the technology we had. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, like the water levels are going down and they're like, mm, we might hit a drought. And then all of a sudden it's drought. And then they're like, yeah. you guys need to stop using water. And it's just, it, it's crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy to think about. Where where we yeah. know our water levels, we can watch it from our our desktop. We can watch it from our phone. Yep. And uh, it's just crazy. <laughs> All right, wow. let's get out of this. <laughs> All right, so let's get on to the guest of the night. Let's go. Author Ed Smathers, photographer Ed Smathers, creator editor, um, organizer of Dig the Falls Ed Smathers. So welcome to the show, Ed. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, man. I really do. Uh, again, I appreciate the uh, the invite. Hey, man, uh, you've been a good friend of mine for a, a while. So uh, let's get on with it. So why don't you do a quick little background about yourself? Oh, gosh, about myself. All right. So um, grew up in Western New York. Uh, did a lot of things out, outdoors when I was a kid. Spent a lot of time at Ledger State Park. Um, lived in, or, or I grew up around Warsaw, so there's plenty of waterfalls out there that we uh, got to visit when I was a kid. You know, when uh, when you're young and don't have a ton of money, going outdoors, hitting the trails is free. So um, grew up, finally got out out of the uh, the neighborhood, moved to the Albany area, and that's about the time I met my wife and decided to start uh, dig the falls. So you're a native New Yorker. Yes. Upstate. So yes. <laughs> so proper good. upstate, yeah. <laughs> good, good. Um now uh what got you into to hiking besides, you know, just it for it being free? Did you feel a connection when you like went out in the trails or something? Or of course us being our generation, we were outside all the time. 
yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, you know, me, me and my cousin, we'd be playing. Um, so let's, let's back it up a little bit. So my great grandfather had about a hundred acres, uh, farmland in Nunday, New York. And, you know, I grew up on that with, you know, the farm and the, the hogs and the, and the you know, cows, everything like that, cornfields, you know, and then my dad, every chance he got, he'd get us outside. Um, down to the gullies, down to the waterfalls, taking us on hikes. Um, and like I said, Letchworth was super close. Um, when I was a kid, geez, we probably lived five, ten minutes away from Letchworth Park. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it was, it was really kind of an ideal place to, to live. You don't hear about this anymore, but gosh, we were seven, eight, nine years old, and we'd go down to the, you know, they call it the back 40, where, you know, we'd hit, hit up the creek, we'd hit up the waterfalls, we'd hit up whatever else. We'd be, you know, eating, you know, wild berries, um, you know, whatever else we could find out there. And we'd be gone half day, full day, and then come back and, you know, and, you know, get dinner with the, the adults, you know. So that got, they, being close to Letchworth, it got you into waterfalls. It really did. I think uh, that in combination of, you know, uh, my dad taking me out to, all the other places, all the other waterfalls and, and creeks and everything else that, that, you know, he could get us out to. Being that a waterfall explorer, waterfalls do have a significant risk. We we both know that because, you know, I love to explore and then, I, I hate to say it, but I love to explore a little more. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I mean, I am a guy that is also very well prepared, very well about safety take the best route possible, not the, you know, in the most insane route. But have you, with waterfalls, it's a whole different story than just hiking because wetness, moss, yeah. stuff like that poses a different risk. Have you ever had any close calls while doing these waterfalls, like with waterfall adventures? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, single dad, not that much money. So we didn't get the opportunity to have all of the hiking gear and everything like that, you know. A lot of times we go, we've got whatever sneakers we've got. We, um, we have our, our jeans on and short sleeve shirt, whatever else, you know, it's no backpack, no, no gear, no, no extras, no essentials, you know? Um, and I, I think, uh, I call myself lucky as a, a younger guy or a younger person, never really having any close calls. Um, my dad did, uh, <laughs> he actually fell down. Into the gully, uh, Warsaw, uh, Warsaw's got a town park. They fell down a cliff in, in, in that, uh, in that gully and broke his leg when he, oh, wow. when he was a teenager. Yeah. He, he swears one of his buddies slapped him on the back to, to make him fall. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah. So, so he actually went down the entire, you know, basically kind of gullies cliff face type of thing. The, I'd say probably me personally, the closest I've, I've come to a, a close call is uh, kind of embarrassing, but I was actually on a hike at um, John Boyd Thatcher Park with Russell Dunn and uh, John Haywood and a, a couple of other people that we had along with us. And at the base of, I think, Minekill, there are some pretty big boulders down there at the, at the base. And you know, I was screwing around, not really paying attention. And I thought, okay, I'm going to jump from this boulder to that boulder and then kind of just keep continue on with with everyone in the, in the group and i was pretty far back but i took the jump and about halfway across i realized holy hell this is about 
you know, 14 feet across. And <laughs> <laughs> luckily enough, there was enough of the, the, the rock face for me to get enough grip on the other side with my shoes to catch on and then, you know, climb up. But another half foot, I, I probably would have gone, gone down about 20 foot. So one of those another rescue stories of John Boy Thatcher, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a crazy place. Yeah. So it's I mean yeah. it's it's the edge. It's it's basically the escarpment still of the Catskills, you know, it's right yep. around that edge. Yep. Yep. So yeah, but that's uh I would I would have to say as, as silly as it sounds, that's the closest call I ever came, other than kind of smashing my elbow on a on a rock at uh Barbaraville Falls one time. Yeah, that's surprising too, because you know, like waterfalls are extremely dangerous. I mean, we all know about good old Catterskill Falls, and of course, like you know, I mean, the Watkins Glens aren't that bad, but once you get into the unknown stuff, the well, the more known, but the uh, not more man-made waterfall areas, you you start getting a little riskier. It it does bring up a kind of a, a story. Um, early on when I when I started Digger Falls, I wanted to kind of create a community, kind of almost like a Facebook for but for Digger the Falls. And um, I think I may have told you this story, but I haven't really told too many about this. There was a, a community member that posted like religiously, like he was really, really active in the community. He'd post a lot of waterfall photos. Um, his name was uh, Charles Barney. And one day, like it just he stopped posting and at the time I was so busy with everything else. I really couldn't, you know, I, I, I didn't notice for a little while, but then all of a sudden this, this news story came across, you know, my feed and there was a person that actually felt, you know, slipped and fell into the water and it happened to be him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, I, I guess he, he either hit him, hit his head or whatever, but yeah, he wound he wound up passing away. Oh, wow. So, but he was very, very active, very avid waterfaller, taking photos and just, you know, visiting as many as he can. And, you know, so you, you always want to be careful that you, you just always want to be careful because it happens to the best of all. Yeah. And you know, once again, waterfalls pose a, an extra, extra, extra risk. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's all about, you, know, you might, uh, might look just a little dirty, but below that is, it's moss and, Anything yep. that makes you slip and one little slip, you could keep going. That's the thing about yeah. a waterfall. You just keep going. And Oh, absolutely. Especially, you know, some of the ones in the mountains where you, you literally can't see over the edge, but you want to, and you keep going closer and closer. That's some dangerous stuff. Yeah. It's, it, it catches you, but yep. crazy stuff. So, um, you're also an author. So what, <laughs> what are some, have you written several books or? So, you know, I, I, I'll say uh, officially I've written one, and it was a co-author. So with uh, uh, Scott Ensminger, which a lot of people know of as uh, Falls Guy, Um, Mm -hmm. he does Eastern New York. And uh, David Shriver, he tackles kind of the the, uh, cats, or sorry, the northern portion of New York. So, uh, you know, Adirondacks, that that type of thing. But yeah, I co-authored that. And um I wound up uh, taking uh, a good majority of the uh, photos that are found in that book. Yeah, I got that book and I, I really enjoyed it. I love looking at those photos. Yeah, Waterfalls of New York State, if, if we hadn't uh, mentioned it yet. Yeah, so we didn't mention you, that. You can find it. <laughs> Waterfalls of New York State. You yeah. want to see beautiful waterfalls and beautiful pictures, check that out. I will post that in the show notes. 
I would write it down on this, but it's maybe I can, but it's full of rum and coke. So, uh, but yeah, Spicy. Um, anything else that to, uh, that you've done? Yeah, well, as far as um, authoring, I mean, not, uh, nothing that really pertains to the subject. Uh, you know, I, I put out just a, a, a small book, um, and to be honest with you, I can't even remember what it's called. <laughs> there we it's go. Horrible. I wrote I wrote the darn thing. I can't even remember the name. But, uh, you know, you, you could search my name on uh, Amazon, uh, yeah. Edward Smathers, and it, you should be able to find it there. So it's kind of like an in, inspirational kind of, you know, uh, uh, short story. Cool. I'll link that in there as well. Um, cool. So Dig the Falls, what's uh, what's Dig the Falls? What can we what can you tell us about that that organization? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, not a lot of people know us, um, you know, but uh, you, you, you can find the website easily enough on online. Um, and it started off primarily as a kind of waterfall, New York waterfall survey where, you know, I wanted to capture as much waterfall information for the entire state. And I started off um, very simply just by, you know, doing Google searches and pulled together a lot of information. And, you know, within by pulling in that information, I got got um, in touch with Scott Ensminger, got in touch with um, Bobby's Waterfalls, um, uh, New York Falls, um, and, you know, John Haywood yourself. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how it started. And now it's uh, kind of really morphed into more of a volunteer organization where we fix trails, we build trails, we clean up trails, clean up stuff, you know, just parks, different things like that. Nice. Um, what inspired you to start that? Uh, you know, I don't know the exact reason I started Dig the Falls other than the fact that I had been doing a lot of photography when I first moved into the Alpine area. And I had a, a friend, uh, uh, Julia Zave, that kind of said, you know, I, you should, she told me that I should focus my photography on something because really my photography was all over the place. At the time I was doing portraits, I was doing uh, landscape photography. I was doing, um, you know, cityscapes, waterfalls and waterfalls really just seemed to kind of make sense with my background and, you know, my love of the outdoors. Nice. I mean, I'm guessing, you know, you, you've been on some of these places and you were just like, hey, let's uh, start this organization to help out the waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and honestly, you know, I, I'll take an honest moment here. So back at the beginning, it, it was a selfish endeavor because I, I personally, I just wanted a, I wanted the biggest list of waterfalls. I wanted to find every single one. And I wanted to make sure I knew all about it and had all the facts on it and, and just be able to present it. And, you know, what came of it was actually meeting people that were like-minded, meeting people that actually had the same, you know, uh, thought process as myself and really just loved the outdoors. And, and it, it spread from being a selfish endeavor to, to being kind of a selfless, like, you know, oh, wow, I'm meeting all these people and what more we can actually do and just gather information. Now, are you guys a 5013C3? No, not not yet. And, you know, we had considered a couple of years ago really formalizing it um, into a, uh, uh, you know, not-for-profit. Um, we'd love to do that, but I, I think for right now, 
will stick with helping 501c3s like the Rensselaer Land Trust, um, uh, which we've been helping uh, out a lot, and they've been helping us out a lot as well. Yeah, talk about let's talk about that uh, Rensselaer Land Trust. I know you guys have been helping out with the creation of one of the the areas, right? Yeah. So in in Troy, there's a uh, there's a trail system that's associated with the uh, small organization called the Narrows Cascades and Heritage Trail, and that was started by John Johansson in conjunction with uh, some of the fine folks at the Rensselaer Land Trust. And what they've done is they've mapped out a trail system that basically connects several different natural areas within Troy. John Haywood and I reached out to uh, the Narrows, and we decided we wanted to help them out. And at that time, it it was basically at the beginning process, the beginning stages of getting those trails in place. Now we have Jesus's four or five years later, maybe even longer at this point, uh, we've built probably two miles worth of trails, connected three different parks and natural areas. All, all of this in conjunction with working with um, you know, the city of Troy. They're, they're huge on getting these trails taken care of. They, they love the work that uh, the Narrows is doing, and they've, they've been nothing but helpful with the whole thing. So the, the Narrows that in there's one big waterfall in there right what's that called yeah so it's funny you ask um so there's there's one big waterfall called mount ida falls or the post you know in on the post kill but that isn't the only one now the trail system uh starts at basically the mohawk hudson bike path which is right on the river goes across goes across the bridge, uh, 368, 386 bridge in Troy, goes up Mill Street. So we added quarter mile of trail, half mile of trail on Mill Street that passes two different waterfalls. Nice. Then goes up to, you get back onto the street, go up the Burden Pond. Burden Pond has, you know, uh, three, at least three major waterfalls inside the Burden Pond Preserve. And then the, the, the trail is, is looping up and around um, Spring Street, we added some trail there. Um, well, actually, I want to say the Rensselaer Land Trust and a couple of other organizations added some official trail there down to the bottom. I forget the, the name of the street that goes up to the Post and Kill Gorge, um, but that's where you find the main waterfall. And our stretch goal for the project is to get a steel expansion bridge across the Post and Kill Gorge over so then you can hit the main park in Troy. Yeah. I, I you know so, I remember volunteering for that for you guys uh, a couple times for that area, and we yeah. went, we volunteered at the lower part where Mount Eda Falls is, and then yeah. towards the middle of where those those other ones were had that uh, that crazy pipe. Well, that was yeah. what was that for? So it was all for the Burden uh, Burden Iron Ironworks. So that entire valley there had factories all the way down, and they had the, this huge water wheel in one of the factories. Um, now we've got some really very historic signage up that Rensselaer Land Trust kind of throw, uh, put together and it goes through the history of it. But I want to say at least 50, if not 75% of the horseshoes made for the civil war, I think it's the civil war were made in those fact, some of those factories. Wow. Yeah. That is it's incredible. Crazy stuff. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I honestly, I think, um, I think you should get uh, Joe from Russell interest on here because he knows the history far more than I do, but there, there was a court case dating back to, you know, late 1800s, I believe it was that actually set in place the waterway rights in use with, with industry. Cause you know, like there were, there were, there were factories upstream that were actually using up all the water and none of the other factories could use it. So that they, they actually went to court about it and they, they had to actually, you know, allow every factory on there to get enough water to function. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy so, stuff. Yeah. I wish, I wish I knew all the stuff that this dude knew and that Joe knows, but, um, you know, if, if you get him on sometime, I think he, it's, it's amazing what he could tell you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I wrote him down. So I'll, I'll write that, uh, I'll link the, the Rensselaer land trust in the show notes too. Yeah. Great, people. Great people. Yeah. And, and through those times we have met some fantastic people volunteering, uh, you know, Carl Bacchus, yep. uh, Tara, uh, who else? Bobby. Uh, Julie, Julie, and let's see who else. Julie, Julie's uh, daughter has been. Yeah. Bella has been awesome, um, and uh, Jackie, Jackie, has been, yeah, re- really great um, in the past as well. And um, John Haywood did a lot for the organization. Um, you know, helped us grow tremendously on the website, on the socials. Um, you know, it's 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 been really amazing meeting you know, everyone that we have so far, um, and get involved as much as we have. So you guys do, uh, do you guys post like local stuff when you're doing, is that, I remember we used to do what any giving Sunday is giving Sundays. Yeah, it's funny. So we, we were doing New York second Sundays and New York second Saturdays for a while, but what we wound up doing is, uh, we settled on for the narrows is New York second Saturdays. So every second Saturday, of the month, that would be our official kind of volunteer day, uh, where we where we would settle down, go out to the narrows, um, part of any part of the trail, and just work on them. We're doing that that one time, and uh, being with that one dude, and we were chopping down the uh, almost kind of like the, the weird trees leading out to the the road, and they were covered and everything, and we were macheting everything like that, and I forgot they were almost like bamboo. <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> so that was the um, uh, Japanese knotweed. Yep, Japanese, so, yeah, that's, invasive, uh, crappy species. Oh, they're horrible! They're horrible. Um, a lot of people don't know, but you can actually take those. Those and they, what? they are edible. That you can eat those. They're edible. So you know, it's yeah. You you wouldn't think so, but uh, yeah, they're they're yeah. Um, not that probably most people would, but whatever. So anyway, but yeah, they're, they're very invasive. Um, we wound up getting rid of most of those, but that area of trail that you, you helped with, we, we completely got rid of. And now we, we added another probably quarter mile of trail and then a new trail trailhead. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to put the narrows on there. And I know, I know our friend Carl has been a big part of that. He is. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get him on here for his geology stuff. He, he has been an absolute godsend. He, he's actually been um, taking care of the Burden Pond area ever since he was a kid. Oh, wow. Um, he, yeah, he, he grew up in the area. His grandfather has pictures of historic pictures of the entire city and of the waterfalls and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, he, he's, he, he, you could 
almost throw a stone at his house where he grew up from, right from the Burton Pond area. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I would dig the falls. I've had, a, I've had great times uh, just yeah. volunteering and stuff like that. Like, you know, that one time we volunteered in the narrows and we had that yeah. big rainstorm and it was, it was horrible, <laughs> but great. The, the Mount Ida falls was flowing like crazy, but you know, I yeah. mean, what stinks is you can only get a certain distance away. I mean, you can still see yeah. it, but you, you, of course you want to get closer, but there's such a good risk. Yeah. Um, but that, that place was very, very well abused and we did a lot of work. A lot of volunteering. Well, and through that volunteering, that specific volunteering and leading up to today, the city is actually going to be um, putting a couple million into that park nice. to actually spruce it up. They're going to they're going to create new platforms so you can actually view the waterfalls. And, you know, like I said, there's that stretch goal of trying to get the, the expansion bridge across the actual post and kill itself. That would be wicked. Yeah, for sure. Fun. So also, you know, going with Dick the Falls, can you talk to me about the, the step apps? We've had talks about this before, but um, you know, I'm not fully aware of what the steps app is. So this can help me out a little bit. Yeah, it's amazing. So the step app, step steps app. Okay. So it's, I, I believe if you look in, in the, uh, the app store, iPhone or Android, you're going to have to put in steps, map my world or map your world, and then it'll show up. And basically what it is, is it's a mapping app. Um, you can create your own map community, whether it be based around coffee places or, you know, best daycares, whatever. Our map is based on local waterfalls and uh, preserves. And they reached out, the people at Steps reached out to me directly and, you know, said, hey, listen, you know, we want to get you guys on platform. Let's Let's get this started. And they have been fantastic to work with the app is smooth uh it, it works almost everywhere it geolocates to you so say you are in the middle of albany or in the middle of, of you know catskills it's going to tell you what's around and yes. you know any any waterfalls and i'm gonna have to sh uh, send a, a huge shout out to bobby because uh, bobby bobby's waterfalls because she was the one that made this happen. Um, she put together hundreds of locations uh, for our community to, to, to go to, uh, you know, along with pictures and information, everything. So, um, so I really want to say, say thank you to Bobby for that. Nice. So what do, what do you do? What does it do? It just re records where you're going. You can kind of like post about it, about it or something. Well, yeah. So what you can do is it's, it's kind of like a, uh, it's a small kind of community app. So you go on there, you join, uh, once you download the app, a uh, profile, and you can join any map you want. Uh, ours is Dig the Falls, so you look up Dig the Falls, and then you know you join our community. And then once you visit a spot, you can add photos, you can add details, you can just say, "Hey, I was here," you know. And and anything that you post about the location helps the community in general to learn more about that location. Nice, and that's good. Spread people out definitely yeah. get people's eyes on on something that they haven't done and to spread them out more so it gets away from more popular areas definitely exactly yeah you're not just going to cater skill you can hit the you know 12 dozen other spots around that region mm -hmm. correct yep. definitely that's going to be in the show notes so excellent thank you about that awesome. um so also we all know that there's you know the 46ers the 35ers 
bunch of other 48ers in New Hampshire, but there's also challenges for the fire towers. And you, you we have a, like, Dig the Falls and somewhat of has not really Dig the Falls, but there's a waterfall challenge, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not going to take any of the credit for coming up with the idea. John Haywood actually uh, uh, brought up the idea of creating waterfall challenges. And his big thing was originally to come up with regional waterfall challenges. And um, I thought, well, I've got a waterfall book out, so why don't I put out a statewide waterfall challenge? Um, so we, we call it the, uh, I think it's the 100 Waterfalls Challenge, um, New York State 100 Waterfalls Challenge. And basically what you do is you use uh, Waterfalls of New York State book, and um, you choose any of the any hundred waterfalls out out of the book, and I believe that there are somewhere around 115 or 120 total in that book. And once you visit 100 waterfalls in that book, you you uh, send an email to you know dig falls, and uh, we get you a patch and a and a certificate. Nice. How many people have completed it? Do you know? Not not many actually. So um, we're still under 15 people. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, that'll so, be big. People like to be oh, yeah. under that that hundred. <laughs> yep. So it's it's really great because I actually uh, just uh, just yesterday uh, spoke to someone that was uh, working on completing that, um, and I think they were somewhere around fifty at the moment. Nice. Yeah. Are there any other ones that you are notable that you know about? Like, um, are there any like re- like you said regional specific ones that you know about? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to speak to it directly because I'm not sure if John's um, doing it, uh, actively doing doing them right now. But um, John put together a couple of really nice ones. One specific, I think it was uh, 50 Waterfalls of uh, Adirondack 50, I think, is what yeah, he put his, together. Yeah, his, his specialty is the Adirondacks. Yeah, yep, yep. So he, he put together a lot of information um, up there. Um, and I believe there were a couple of other ones that uh, – that, uh, one for the Finger Lakes and possibly one for the Catskills, but I can't remember right now. Yeah. I, I don't want to miss misspeak, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll have to talk to John about that and see uh, if we can get him on here for some of that. Yeah. So check out John. John's also a photographer, right? I'll have to link him in. Yes, here. he is. Yeah, he's really, really good. Yep. Yeah, I remember John. John's a cool dude. I haven't spoke to him in a while, so I'll have to get back. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely do. Cool. Awesome. So get challenges, get out there, people, for the, the waterfowl challenges. There's more challenges than, than the high peaks of the Adirondacks and the Catskills. Trust me. Just yeah, look it up. And the fire towers. Yep. So you're also uh, a photographer, correct? What's uh, <laughs> Is that is that still in conjunction with your wife or you have your own business? Yeah. So um, now my, my, my wife does. So for the longest time, I was actually doing weddings with my wife. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I plug around here, but I, I I don't want to take up the time, but, uh, <laughs> but she's, I want to say she's one of the best photographers in the capital region. I may be biased, but I don't think I am. Um, <laughs> but I, I did shoot with her for, for a number of years. Um, and then, uh, our daughter was born in Charlotte and I, I think I was having a conversation with one of our, her other photographer friends the other day. Literally I can go through my camera roll on my phone and I can tell when my daughter was born because, you know, my, my really like kind of artistic photos of the waterfalls and nature and everything like that just literally stopped at that point. And it turned to just, you know, cell phone pictures. <laughs> so, 
but you know, if anybody's interested, uh, you know, my, my best stuff is in, uh, waterfalls of New York state, uh, the waterfall book. Good stuff. I gotta admit it's good yeah. stuff. I think I have a signed one from you yeah. guys. I got a signed poster yeah. as well. So awesome. I'm, a I'm a big celebrity of, of your stuff. So <laughs> I even go out I of my know. way to attend your guys's, uh, uh seminars and stuff i know man that was such, such a killer time i, mean, I couldn't have, when we went to uh, l.l bean and yep. you know talk to the crowd yeah that was so awesome you guys would show up it was, yeah. that was so great i'm sitting there and he's just like you guys like mentioned me i'm just like well what i'm just like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah safety that's all about safety <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was great man i that was a good time too i, I love talking talking to those people too well, being a photographer in your books of Waterfall, New York, do you have any like uh, memorable times of creating that book and like some of your shots that you're just like, wow, that was fantastic? Yeah, you know, I, I think probably the one most memorable um, location I went to, I went to so many, by the way. I mean, cause there, I mean, New York is so dynamic from, you know, from Western New York to Adirondacks to Catskills. Everything is completely different. Even in the southern, um, in the Hudson Valley, man. I mean, down oh, there. Man. It's incredible, just incredible. So, you know, there, there was this one time um, I was kind of up in northern New York, and um, there's this there's this one waterfall that you have to go to the end, to this dead end road, and then go out kind of in the woods, and it's it's a tiny path, it's like a herd path almost. And I'm going down, and I've got this tiny little Honda Civic, and I'm driving down this really really crappy dirt road and it's the ruts are huge get down to the end and there's a brand new sob sitting there at the end of the road i'm like okay this is kind of weird it's like desolate very desolate mm -hmm. all right so what's this dude doing out here so so i get out of my car and i start walking down this path and this dude in a suit actually walks out of the woods like it, like I don't know if he was like a hitman or what, <laughs> uh, but it was, it was just a very, very just it was it was weird, you know, to start with. So to start my my day off walking in the woods, foggy woods in the early morning, I've got this random dude walking out of the woods in a suit, just strange. But as I walked through the woods, it was great because there's ferns everywhere, and I th I think the, the waterfall was called High Falls. I'll look it up just so you can kind of post it on here. But you kind of start walking through the, the herd path along the, the stream, along the river, whatever it was. And there's old foundations to all these mills that used to be along the actual stream. And then finally you get to the actual waterfall. And the waterfall itself kind of goes, it comes down and then 90 degree, takes a 90 degree away from you. So you're able to kind of walk around and look at the waterfall straight on. And the thing comes down from this narrow stream or river and just fans out, just utterly just fans out in front of you and into the small, small pool below. So that to me was probably one of the most memorable spots just because how weird it turned out, you know, started out and then just where it ended. It's amazing. Yeah. Do you think that guy was like John Wick or something? <laughs> yeah. Thinking back now. Yeah. Definitely. Do you have a hat on? Okay, so then he wasn't a hitman. Usually, those hitmen had the hats, and they look at you and put the hat down and walk away. So that's you never right. know. Sob yeah. man, how long ago was that? I haven't seen a sob in ages. 
gosh, dude, that was, uh, I, I, that was 2011 when, when I shot for that book. Yeah. Wow. That was insane. When did you publish that book? When was that book published? That was published in 2012. Okay. The following year. Yeah. Crazy. So I, I, I visited all of those. It was over a hundred locations and some of them I hit more than twice. Some of them three times. Wow. And it was all within either five or six months. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so no sleep. Yeah, it was, it was, it was intense. And, uh, we wound up losing the, that Honda Civic to, to, <laughs> <laughs> to mileage or what was you losing uh, to? No, it was, uh, I took it some places I probably shouldn't have. Nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do that with the Tesla and I'm just like, Oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this one. I'm going to be one yeah. of those guys on the news where like, but crazy. yeah. So, um, Speaking of, I don't, I know we, 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 we touched on dig the falls. How many locations do you guys, well, we used to, I know we used to have a lot of locations. How many waterfalls yeah. did we have in New York? All right. So, um, this is a qualifier just, just so nobody uh, throws any shade. Um, so there's kind of a couple of rules that go along with it first, you know, the waterfall has to be at least five foot tall. It has to historically have a name and it shouldn't be ephemeral or seasonal, right? So those are kind of the ways that we qualify it. So uh, a couple of the locations are historic because they're inundated by a, by a lake now, like the oh, dam has been put in place, or it's historic as in like it's a petrified waterfall from historic times. That being said, uh, individually, we have somewhere around 3,500 plus now location wow. inside of new york state yeah wow so, um, and i yeah, mean I, I wouldn't say a majority of those are, are private but uh, a decent amount are private of course yeah you know it's it's funny like so um i want to say probably 35 40 percent of them are on private property yeah. yeah and then you know that number's going up pretty fairly quickly within the last decade yeah because of so, covid yeah. and stuff like that and that's and the, like just remember uh I mean, all, all the listeners I know are already this smart to respect private property. Um, it's, yes. I mean, this day and age, I mean, you could just ask email or something to find out who it is and then say like, hey, yeah. can I visit your waterfall? You know, and usually they're very yeah. nice and they could let you. But there are, of course, some people who are just like, you know what? I've had enough of this crap yeah. because people abuse it. Yeah, and I, I don't particularly enjoy uh, DAs contacting me directly telling me to take location yeah right <laughs> so um so yeah try to be respectful please oh excellent ed thank you for for joining on the show so we have uh one one thing left uh post hike bruise and bites you know this doesn't have to be adjacent to the catskills but uh do you have any place that you like to to go that you'd like to mention after a nice hike or nice waterfall adventure well, I, I tell you, I've got a terrible memory for names of places, um, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm partial to Brown's Brewing out of Troy, New York, um, only because that's the uh, first place I had, uh, first date I had with my wife, uh -huh. you know, first place we ever met. So uh, I'll give a shout out to that, those guys out there. Nice. Great place. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you to the monthly supporters. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you to our sponsor. Outdoor Chronicles Photography. 
I thank everyone who has listened. Uh, 25,000 listens is a lot, trust me. Uh, hopefully that number will keep growing. It'll just keep getting a better show and we'll see. Hopefully I just haven't hit the plateau yet. I'll just keep climbing. Subscribe on any platform, anything out there. Um, Ed, once again, thank you for joining the show. I really appreciate it. That's been awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I can't wait to keep working with you in the future on Dig the Pulse. Absolutely. Have a good night. All right, you too, man. Catch you later. Night. Hey, guys, I just want to thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe and throw down a smooth review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform that you use. You can also check daily updates of the podcast, hikes, hiking memes, and local news on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the official website of the show. Remember this, you just keep on living, man, L-I-V-I-N.